Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. A new week, a new opportunity, and a new episode of another digital citizen. If you listen to this, remember sharing is caring. Uh, we don't ask you for a lot, uh, not even money. So share this podcast with everybody you know. There, that is said. Hello, Luke. Hi, for hi everybody. How's it going? Hi. hi. Uh, how's your week been? Uh, you know, stressful, but it's America in 2020, so what what can you really expect? <laughs> yeah, I think this is the year of being stressful. Uh, yeah, uh, this is the year... Uh, 2020 in the Chinese calendar, I think, is the year of anxiety, right? I think that's how that... <laughs> <laughs> so, I have a riddle for you. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, so a woman that lives in New York legally married three men. She did not get a divorce or an uh, annulment or a legal separate. How is that possible? Uh, two of her husbands are dead? No. <laughs> She's a minister. <laughs> oh, okay. <Yeah. laughs> See? <laughs> well, I just figured I she got married three times, maybe, right? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. I think either answer could probably be correct. <laughs> yeah, I think so as well. Hey, uh, maybe you should, uh, she should send some love letters to uh, her husbands. Uh, yeah, that would probably be a good idea. Um, but I don't think that would be a good idea right now, maybe in America, but it, well, maybe it, maybe what, it would be. Why is that? Is there something wrong with your postal service or something? It seems like uh, they're having some issues with the postal service, but I think it's all just a big political ploy. What do you think? I, I think it's definitely a big uh, politically uh, thing. Uh, it's kind of weird. weird. Uh, here in Norway, uh, we have a company called The Post. It's called Posten. Uh, and it's uh, um, it's a normal company. Well, it's not a normal company because it uh, delivers fucking mail. But it's a normal company in the way that you can buy stocks of it. But oh, okay. Uh, but I think I think main I think the main stocks are at least owned by the government. How is it there in the states? Well, it's the U.S. Postal Service, so it's not a company. Right. It's a service, and we do okay. have companies here that deliver mail. We have FedEx. Yeah, we like have the, USPS. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there are the same here. Yeah, there are companies here that deliver mail, but the U.S. Postal Service is something that's been around forever. I mean, wasn't there a Kevin Costner movie about him being like the final post? Yeah, per- the right. Postman, which was yeah. an awful movie, by the way. <laughs> but terrible movie. It says here the One U.S. The Postal there. Service is halting its controversial changes, which has been a big deal this week. Um, oh, yeah. starting maybe la- right after we did the show last week, um, yeah. here in Oregon, uh, there were a bunch of pictures that came out in Eugene and Portland, Oregon, of mailboxes being removed from, from the cities. 
this is probably the first thing you heard about it. Uh, now yeah. we're hearing that they've halted the controversial changes. It says uh, the U.S. Postal Service has suspended its new policies that were decried as an attempt to sabotage the election. The Postmaster General, Louis DeJoy, uh, said he would reverse opti optional changes that critics say would hamper uh, postal voting. Uh, the U-turn yeah. comes as he was due to testify to Congress, and at least 20 states are, pre are preparing to sue the Postal Service. Uh, there's a fierce debate over postal funding in 2020, as record numbers of Americans are expected to vote by mail due to the pandemic. Uh, the policies that began under DeJoy included removing mailboxes, canceling oh. delivery runs, and closing down sorting sensor, uh, centers. A sharp reversal, in a sharp reversal, DeJoy has now said the post office hours would not be cut and post boxes and sorting machines would stop being removed from cities. So I'm going to call this now. Uh, the, this election will be a bigger clusterfuck than 2016. I'm calling that right fucking now. I mean, I mean the funny part is I don't think people remember what a clusterfuck is comparatively like 2016 was a kind of a cluster clusterfuck but think about uh bush oh, gore bush Holy bush gore was a bigger clusterfuck oh. when it comes to but, the problems with voting than right. than the last year but do you, do you know what i think i think this will be a hundred times worse than that uh, and, that was and, one state because oh, it was Florida. Remember yeah. that was the big problem with yeah. Bush Gore, and it was a voting. Yeah. I was a voting error problem, and it had a lot to do with uh, the suppression of different areas in Florida, and also that uh, Bush's brother was running the state at the time, right? So uh, there was a lot of corruption happening there, and this is also this is the same corruption. Is like uh, Trump got this guy in to joy into the Postmaster General spot, and they are trying to use that position to not necessarily w uh, manufacture the vote, but to make it a, just a little bit harder for people if they wanted to vote by mail, right? So even if you yeah. just make it just a little harder, that means that yeah. many fewer people are going to vote. Yeah. And we all know that Republicans do win when there's a lower turning turnout uh, in election periods there there is no debate about that you can fight me about that in no the even donald trump has said it out loud that he uh, right. that he knows that that's the case so i think that just, that's not at all controversial no um, but uh, I, I I do think I do think it's it's very like uh, and i this is uh, kind of <laughs> what i have understood of this whole thing uh, sitting from from a Norwegian perspective, it's like uh, it looks like uh, Trump has more or less control over the postal service. But is there is there a real competitor to uh, the U.S. Postal Service? I mean, well, what the Republic I mean, what the Republican want the Republicans want yeah. to privatize it to give it to corporations, just like they want to privatize right. public schools. So that, like, right. corporations are making money off public schools, just like our prison system right now is privatized, so that corporations are making money off of these prisoners, and so what ends up happening is people end up getting locked up 
because corporations want to make more money and we end up getting right. laws like marijuana laws locking people up for no reason because companies want to make money. So if we had the Postal Service privatized, what would happen is if I wanted to send a letter to say uh, Maine, I'm in Oregon, Maine is as far away in the country as all I wanted to send a letter that just said, hey, how's it going? Uh, I miss you. That's all the letter said. Do you think a co- company with uh, a profit margin is going to be like, oh, it's totally worth sending this letter across the uh, country for 35, 50 cents or whatever stamp costs no, now? No. Or do you think no. a company is going to be like, no, that letter is going to be $15 to send from here to there yeah, <laughs> because yeah, we're a company yeah. and we're trying to make a profit where the but it, postal but, service but is not trying to make a profit. Yeah. Right. That, but that's kind of the problem with the the whole postal uh, thing in the first place. Is so they're not trying to make a profit. Yeah. But that's the, coming from a perspective of, like, uh, this is a capitalist society. And when you sure. look at America, it's not actually a capitalist society. We do live in a democratic right. socialist society. Whether people want to admit it or not, we have fire right. firefighters. We have police officers, right? These are social democratic things. And the Postal Service is also a social democratic thing. And probably why Trump is attacking it is because the Postal Service is a socialist uh, yeah, government I mean, agency, right? Yeah, but I, I don't see him attacking. Idea. I don't see him attacking the police for the exact right. same thing, right? Uh, but the whole idea behind the postal thing is kind of a socialist yeah. idea in first place. It one hundred percent is because they're not making any yeah. money and they're just helping everybody out. Yeah. Right, and that is socialism in a, in a nutshell. nutshell. Yeah, yeah, and that's why this I, whole thing is so great because it's kind of culminated it started at the beginning or right after we did the show last week and then culminated yesterday and it was very kind of beautiful to see in a way that um because there it started with like a few pictures online of like mailboxes being removed and then slowly people were like getting more and more pissed off and then all of a sudden friday maybe the mainstream media picked it up and then once the mainstream media picked it up it was like wildfire you know what i mean then like uh, it all this stuff started from online uh, sentiment, so that was pretty cool to see. So, I don't know if I believe this uh, because I don't believe Trump, and I don't see why he would do this. Okay, but he says that he's considering a pardon for Edward Snowden. I don't fucking believe you him when he says that but tell me about it you know what i think i think this is a own the libs thing where he's like i'm gonna say this because this is gonna piss off the uh, the democrats <laughs> right and it Probably. did if that was his goal this did piss off the democrats so it says here he will take a look at a pardon for edward snowden donald trump mm. said on saturday he would look at the issue he's gonna look at it uh, uh, giving the pardon to whistleblower Edward Snowden. Snowden disclosed highly classified information from the National Security Agency in 2013. He revealed the news to The Guardian after he fled to Hong Kong before flying to Moscow to avoid uh, extradition back to America, where he currently lives in... while he currently lives in Russia. And I think that's why the Donald Trump did this is... I'm going to free the guy who's living in Russia, and that's going to piss off right. the Democrats. Snowden revelations 
of the extent of American communication surveillance caused a major domestic and international scandal and triggered intense debate over government eavesdropping to many civil liberties liberty advocates Snowden became a hero but others in America he is seen as a traitor to obviously to the government I, I, I... Yeah, I find it very, very funny, and I, 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 I do think this is one of the most hilarious claims from the left, that he was a betrayer for the left, like, uh, and that he is a Trump supporter. We know nothing about his alliance, other than that he, he, he showed people the real face of the DNC. Like, that doesn't matter. I don't think he he is wanted. Uh, I, I, are you thinking? I think you're not. Are you, what are you talking about? DNC. Yeah, the Democratic National. No, you're thinking of Assange. We're talking about. Snowden. I'm thinking of Assange. I am thinking of Assange. You're I mean, they're very head. similar, so yeah. I understand why you would mix them up. Yes. But no, Snowden uh, revealed DNC. the uh, wire tapping and yes. the, oh, the hacking of yes. everybody's cell phones all over yes. the world. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> My brain. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, but anyway, I don't understand why why uh, Democrats are so fucking sore about this. Actually, one of the um, three potential uh, vice presidential picks, Susan Rice, remember we talked about her being like yeah, the worst possible pick? She came out on Twitter yeah. saying... That she's fully against uh, pardoning Edward Snowden. So, yeah, Democrats are definitely uh, against it. Um, it says here, I'm, a, I'm on Edward why. Snowden's Twitter, fro, right mm. now. This is from yesterday. Edward Snowden tweeted, Imagine my surprise to find only the worst people in the country willing to speak against a pardon this time <laughs> around. Yeah. 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 I, I don't think he is a Donald Trump supporter. There's nothing. Well, I, the, I, I think the question seen. is: Do you think he's a traitor to America? I think he is a patriot to America, and that he yeah. showed us things that for we me, needed to see. Yeah, for, for me, he's definitely a hero. Yeah, I don't. I love the idea that he's a traitor to America because he revealed these secrets that were clearly showing that our government was doing something wrong. I don't see how that's a traitor. I think that's a patriot, I think is what that is. Uh, we usually don't do this, but should we actually bring up uh, something uh, that we got on our uh, Facebook group before we go into the next topic? Uh, what? About Russia? Uh, I can. Uh, why don't you talk about it and let me bring that up, because I don't have it ready to go. Sure. Uh, we have this Facebook group. You can go to uh, Another Digital Citizen on Facebook. That's an, Another Digital Citizen on Facebook. Uh, underneath uh, the show that we post, uh, that you are listening to, you can post uh, and we will bring up topics that uh, uh, people bring up in uh, the post, uh, uh, yeah, in the comments underneath the show in the next episode. Uh, and uh, we did get... Uh, a lot of messages from Jeremy. We thank you for that, Jeremy. And uh, I kind of want to talk about it because we are going to talk uh, a lot about Russia. Um, right, so you want the Russian vaccine stuff. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it says, this is from Jeremy, like you said. Uh, talking about last week when we were talking 
about Russia possibly having some type of vaccine for the Mm -hmm. coronavirus. He says, uh, the Russian vaccine cut corners by not having a third round test required to get the vaccine approved. Essentially, they're doing a third round human safety test live by inoculating people with an unknown uh, with an unknown if safe if safe vaccine. Uh, Unknown if safe. Right, okay, so... Uh, he's saying they're running tests on people. Uh, they're essentially doing. He says they're essentially doing a third round human safety test live. Uh, right on humans. On humans, right. Right. Uh, so you found a very interesting article in the New York Times that uh, talked a little about this. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Do you want to go into that, or should I? Yeah, you can go into it. Um, basically, it's talking about what are the different phases, the phase one, phase two, phase three uh, trials. It says here, uh, scientists in phase one, scientists give vaccine to a small number of people to test safely and dosages as well as confirm that it stimulates the immune system. Phase two, scientists give vaccines to hundreds of people split into groups. Phase three, scientists give vaccines to thousands of people and wait to see how uh, how many become infected compared with volunteers who receive a placebo? Uh, right. Which is kind of the beginning uh, of what, what what this is talking about. But it says here, uh, right now, uh, as of today, preclinical or phase one trials happening in the world right now, there's 20. There's 13 phase 2 trials, there's 8 phase 3 trials, and there's 2 actual uh, coronavirus vaccines that are waiting approval right now from. Right, yeah. And uh, we did not know this last week at all. Well, well, I said last week multiple times, I have no concept of how long it takes to make a vaccine, right? And I think my point that I was making last week, that I guess I did a very bad job of articulating because my brain was like totally scrambled last week um, (laughs) was that everybody is rushing to get a vaccine, including Mm -hmm. Russia. Uh, Nobody Mm -hmm. is sticking to this, whatever plan that you were saying last week about, Oh, there's this 10 year plan of how a vaccine is supposed to get approved. Nobody is sticking to that plan right now. So to say that Russia was uh, rushing ahead Russia's rushing, Russia rushing, uh, Russia's rushing ahead of everybody else seems silly yeah. because everybody is rushing ahead of the quote-unquote actual timetable. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that's uh, uh, and uh, that's kind of why I want to bring it up because I, I think that <coughs> a lot of um, the Russia hate uh, that we did speak about last week is kind of now getting me more concerned than I was last week because I didn't think of that a- aspect of it and that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up because right and I, I I totally was a little bit mean to fro last week because I I got a little <laughs> triggered because fro fro was kind of a, what's a good word for it? I felt like you were spouting talking points directly from like CNN or something right. because and right. and, and I know that you don't actually feel that way, and I just needed to explain right. it to you, but I was 
my brain was not working correctly, so I ended up being mean about it. And I, I apologize. I already apologized to Fro, but I apologize to you yes. again on on the podcast for that. Um, yes. And I actually apologize to Jeremy if you were confused by what I was trying to say last week, because, like I said, my brain was like a Denny's scramble last week. Um, another thing I found, there's a place called Moderna Incorporated. This is out of Wil- Wilmington, North Carolina. This is an article from June 16th, so two months ago from. Moderna Inc. has chosen one of its 10 sites uh, in a n- news release. The Trial Management Association uh, of Moderna Inc., uh, they say, We are excited to be part of a clinical trial that has the potential to push us closer to medical and scientific communities. Uh, in pursuit of an FDA-approved vaccine against COVID-19. Uh, and this was from June. It says that they were selected to host the trial and are recruiting studies of volunteers ages 18 and older from Wil- Wilmington, North Carolina. So we've been yes. doing human trials in America since June, at least. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I really, really want to make this clear for everybody... In, uh, that's listening that uh, my talking point was definitely not against Russia. I am not a Russian hater. I, I think I think the whole Russian uh, thing is a false narrative that is brought up to to try to talk about what we should be really worried about. And I think it is a fucking distraction to to blame Russia for doing this. And the more I have learned, I have also learned this week that I I I I need to be more aware of uh, studies like this because, like I said last week, I thought it was a ten-year uh, plan, and it's clearly not the fucking ten-year plan when other companies that are outside of Russia is working on the same level as Russia is. So the narrative that this whole Russia vaccine is a fucking problem is fucking false news. I'm going to tell you that, listeners. It is uh, something I have now read and feel more comfortable saying that I I don't support that idea at all. You know what scares me the most about this whole thing is we've talked about the idea in the past of um, if aliens came down... That would be the one thing that would bring all the countries of the world together because if the right. aliens were hostile, we would all have to work together to um, right. defeat aliens. And this just proves yes. to me that yeah. if aliens did come down, hostile aliens came down, we uh, the countries would not only would we not work together, we would be fighting over right. uh, who gets to play with the aliens' toys in the sandbox. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I I, I totally agree. So, uh, yeah, I, I just feel that it's, it's kind of important because guess what? Ex-PIF lawyer charged with making false statements in Russia in inquiry. A former FBI lawyer was charged Friday and expect, expect is, is expected to plead guilty in falsifying documents used to support surveillance of former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page. Uh, the case against Kevin Kleinsmith is the first to be brought by federal prosecutor John Durham, appointed last year to review the origins of the investigation, the origins of the investigation into the Russian interference in the 2016 elections. 
Kleinsmith's lawyer said he deeply regrets his actions involved in working uh, involved in working on the surveillance application for Page submitted to the secret uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Uh, this is from his lawyer. It was never his intent to mislead the court or his colleagues as believed the information he relayed was accurate, but Kevin understands what he did was wrong and he accepts responsibility. Specifically, Kleinsmith is charged with altering an email in 2017 used to... He altered an email which was used to support a surveillance warrant. The altered email indicated that Page had not served... Uh, as a source for the CIA, the original CIA email indicated that Page had indeed been in contact with the agency. Remember the BuzzFeed article uh, that talked about the Steele dossier and all the evidence in the Steele dossier, Luke? Mm hmm. Remember that? Right. Where is that evidence now? Uh, what do you mean? Oh, what was in the steel dossier? It was nothing, right? Well, the it was, was every. Well, we know that it was untrue because of the yeah. uh, revealed. There, there were what do you call them? Uh, addendums in the Mueller report. It was like one B, one A, you know, two A, two B about different things, and in those, yeah. uh, in those parts of the Mueller report, they said that the Steele dossier had not been confirmed by anybody in the FBI. So why is the fucking Senate still saying that Trump's campaign, <laughs> Russia contacts, is a grave fucking threat? Why are Democrats still working with this? It irritates me to the core that this is... No, this, this is, is the Republicans, bro. This isn't the Democrats. That's... Really? <laughs> yeah. That's even more strange. Uh, well, I mean, it, it also is part Democrat, but the Senate is controlled by Republicans. I guess I should put it that way. Uh, I guess... Here, I'll go back to one thing uh, about uh, Kleinsmith. Uh, this is from The Hill. Uh, so, in conclusion... We have an, uh, an investigation that was shown to have been based on false, unreliable information. It was launched and maintained by officials who were accused and by an inspector general of misconduct, false statements, or procedural errors. Today, we have actually we actually have a criminal guilty plea. However, many inv many voices in Washington <coughs> excuse me continue to insist that there's no reason for Durham to continue digging. Uh, into this, into the criminal criminality behind the Mueller investigation. Wow, <laughs> just amazes me. Like this whole, like I'm going to say it. I remember the Obama birther conspiracy. I think the level of this Russia conspiracy is even bigger than the Obama birther conspiracy. And it is in it's uh, it, it is for some reason people has uh, attached to it on the same level as Republicans did to the Burford conspiracy. Democrats are so inclined and want this uh, fucking conspiracy theory because that's what it is. It is a conspiracy theory because it's proven time after time that it's false. 
Stop pushing fucking false narratives. Right, so this gets us to uh, the Senate. Ah. The Trump campaign's interactions with Russian intelligence services during 2016 presidential election posed quote-unquote grave counterintelligence threat, the Senate panel concluded Tuesday as it detailed associates of Donald Associates of Donald Trump had regular contact with Russians. Not sure what okay. that means. Okay. Nearly a thousand page report in the fifth and final report from uh, uh-huh. the final one from the Republican led Senate Intelligence Committee on Russia investigation details how Russia launched an aggressive effort to interfere in the election on Trump's behalf. It says the Trump campaign chairman had regular contact with Russian intelligence officers and that Trump associates were eager to exploit the Kremlin aid, particularly by maximizing the impact of disclosure of Democratic emails hacked by Russian intelligence officers. We know that's not true. We know that the Russians didn't hack the emails. (laughs) Bill Benny proved that it had to have been done with a thumb drive. Do we need to say it again? Do you know what? It it reminds me when people uh, uh, bet on uh, on horses, and and people. uh, I was uh, I was at a betting uh, horse thingy once, and I talked to like gamblers that was there, and I like, why do you support this horse? Like, it is has fifty four in odds. Like, why why? Call it, let's call it Sweet Summer Rain or something. That's a uh, horse ra- uh, race ni- name, right? And it feels like <laughs> the Democrats, the Democrats uh, has had this horse that uh, they call the Russia conspiracy, and they have put all their money in on that fucking horse, and they really, really, really is, are shooting all the horses around it, so <laughs> nobody else will win. And that is totally what it, this feels like. Like, no fucking joke. I'm going to remind you again that this is mostly uh, Republicans that are saying this. It says the findings include unflinching characterizations of... Yeah, but it it has a... Uh, it has a... Uh, 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 the, um, the ground for this conspiracy is a democratic... Uh, what I think conspiracy. is something that I've talked about a lot is that the Democrats want to go to war with Russia. The... Mm-hmm. Republicans want to go with to war with Iran. You know what they both agree mm-hmm. on? Going to war with somebody. And so the, yeah. the Republicans are willing to be like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely settle for going to war with Russia. That's how I see this. Um, it says the findings include unflinching characterizations of fug- uh, furative interactions between Trump associates and Russian operatives, echo echoing to a large degree of those of special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation and appears to repudiate the president's claims that the FBI had no basis to investigate whether his cam- campaign was conspiring with Russia. It it says it repudiates the president's claims that FBI had no basis, but didn't we just cover that the F- ex-FBI lawyer char- was charged with making false statements and changing emails, right? So I don't think that that's true. Associated Press. Yeah. 
And I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, it's, it's not you that we are attacking, Jeremy. Especially, it's, it's just like I am so tired of this. I'm like, I want, I want Trump to go away for the right reasons. I want him. I want to attack him on policy. I want him to uh, attack him on racist things he does. I want to attack him on uh, the women thing. Uh, I want him to attack him on. Uh, his Christian fucking views. I want to attack him on real things. And this Russia conspiracy is destroying uh, the chance of getting Trump away. You're focusing on the wrong fucking things. Right. That's uh, that my if, opinion. I don't know if you agree. Well, I think the what you're trying to get across is that if we were focusing on things that... Um, we're, we're, if we were not solely focused on this Russia thing for four years, there would have been a lot of other things that we could have dealt a blow to Donald Trump much yes. easier, like the Soleimani yes. thing, which was a literal war crime, yeah. and we're yeah. not doing anything about that. Um, yeah, I mean, everything's getting so freaking hot here in America. It's just like, Everything is so over the top and ridiculous that I feel like everything has gone insane and uh, like everything is way, it, like I said, it's just way too heated between the left and the right. I think we well, what we need right now about, is a third party. <laughs> well, talking about high temperature, there look the highest temperature on Earth as Death Valley hits fifty four points. Four Celsius? Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's 130 Fahrenheit. Uh, this recording was verified by the U.S. National Weather Service. It comes uh, amid a heat wave uh, on the U.S. Uh, West Coast, where the temperature were forecast to rise further this week. The scorching conditions led to two days of blackouts in California after power plant uh, malfunction uh, on Saturday. Uh, it's a uh, oppressive, oppressive heat, no. uh, heat, and uh, it's in your face. Brandy Stewart, who works at Death Valley National Park, told the BBC. Who is uh, the person who's like, they saw, the, oh, I want to work at Death Valley National Park. That's a great place to work. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, shout out to you, Brandy Stewart. You've got all my, like, condolences and... We love you, Brandy Stewart. We love you, Brandy Stewart. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, talking about the climate being hot. This is, this is hot, hot. I would die there, like, literally. I, I think die, I, I think most people would die in 130 degrees. degrees. Yeah, I think most people would die yeah. in 130 degrees. I I think yeah. Um, other I'd recorded die when it's like half of that. <laughs> other recorded temperatures for the planet: 130 Fahrenheit or 55 degrees Celsius was recorded in Tunisia in 1931, right. but according to uh, this. This is like the highest record recorded, reliably recorded. So, like, there have been other ones in the past, but this is the first reliably uh, recorded one that, that is considered the highest ever uh, on Earth. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, uh, it's it's not like. And here's another thing we we could take Trump on. 
He doesn't believe in global warming. Hmm. <laughs> right. Or, or hmm. science in general, really. When, when, mm -hmm. yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. He did come out this week. I think it was two days ago, and say something about how uh, God. He he's the president for God, and that God is uh, behind him, or something to that effect. Very oh. uh, the family esque, like uh, he's he's the God, he's God's chosen president kind of thing. Uh, people can go look that up themselves. Speaking so, of uh, gods, yeah, talking about gods, I was just going to say. That. <laughs> Funny. You're a mind reader. <laughs> done, done this for five years or something. Uh, UFOs. Yeah, Are UFOs gods? We could be. They could be the yeah, go be, gods yeah. that people talk about in Christian and other religions. But the U.S. Defense well, Department. Scientology has that. Uh, that's true. A, multiple yeah. religions have have uh, alien uh, Mormons as well, right? Um, yeah. yeah. The U.S. Defense Department is creating a task force to investigate uh, UFOs. So they're investigating Mormons, maybe? Uh, the task force is, is to detect and analyze unidentified aerial phenomenon, or UAPs, which we've talked about before. The U U.S. Department of Defense has formed a new body to investigate what it calls UAPs to monitor reported sightings of what most people call UFOs. Because they're not stupid, and we've called that, them that since, since, like, the 40s, so why are you changing the name, you idiots? Uh, the move is likely to spark wide interest into alien hunters worldwide, looking for signs that humanity is not alone in the universe, although the dry language of the Pentagon's announcement of the new group is believed to... In its intent as watchers of the sky for potential first contact. And so they're looking for first contact, is what they're talking about. Well, you don't have to go. Uh, <coughs> you know, just just look at the documentary uh, third account. No, what, what is it called? Uh, account of the close third encounters kind. of the third kind. Yes, yes. Yeah, so it has happened before. Right, because movies are real. Uh, the move is only the latest <laughs> from the Pentagon when it comes to UFOs. The Senate recently required Director of National Intelli Intelligence and Secretary of Defense, uh, working with other intelligence and law enforcement agencies, to prepare a public report uh, of government findings of the UAP issue. So, yeah, this is correct, right? Well, that's going to be something we talk about in the future if the Senate Intelligence Committee comes out with their findings. Uh, that could be something interesting to look forward they to. Are never ever going to fucking release that for ten billion dollars. Not at all. If they find life on on another planet, do you know how uh, how fucking that proves there's no god? Like Christians would shit themselves if, if there was life on another planet, because that means that that planet also needs Jesus. Right, we talked about this before. Project Bluebeam. Remember? Yeah. yeah. Project Bluebeam. Everybody go back to that episode and look at yeah. about how the, what was it, the Illuminati wants to create a one-world religion by uh, mm -hmm. faking an alien invasion? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, let's talk about something we talked about uh, last week. We talked about this uh, boar uh, that attacked, uh, well, not attacked, stole a computer at a nudist uh, beach. Uh, 
beach in Germany. Uh, there's an update to this case. Uh, it says here the th- threat to kill the wild boar that stole the nude bather's laptop prompts an outcry. The wild boar has become f- a frequent visitor to the lakeside bathing resort in Berlin and is attracting a growing band of supporters following authorities suggesting that it should be killed. The animal's nickname is Elsa, uh, has earned something akin to celebrity status after a series of photos of it and its piglet stealing a laptop from a nude bather. The owner of the laptop was captured in a bare-bottom pursuit of the boar. Subsequent sightings of the creature rifled through, rifling through bathers' picnic baskets and rucksacks, and apparently showing no timidity, uh, have prompted Berlin foresters to label them as dangerous to humans. Yeah, I don't want them to kill them just because they are close to people. Like, It's not like they're going to eat humans. I just say re- relocate it into yeah. another forest. I don't see how that... I, I agree. Uh, Why is that so fucking hard? <clears throat> well, maybe... I don't know, maybe there's laws in Germany about relocating animals. Who knows? That I really don't know about. It says here there's a change.org petition uh, calling for the rescue of the quote-unquote cheeky but peaceful sow from Telefleas, which has collected more than 5,300 signatures as of Monday. So if everybody go to the petition change.org and sign it, and that will do nothing because change.org petitions don't do anything. That would be a funny main topic once uh, if we found some change.org things that has actually that actually changed. worked, right? Yeah, I'm sure there's got to be one, that, right? Uh, I doubt that. <coughs> oh, actually, there now that I think about it, there is one. Yes, there is. Big Brother Canada coming back. Oh, that's right. That's a good see. This is why you're on this podcast. You are the brain. You're the brains. I'm just the talk. Uh, talking about stupid things. Uh, do you like Lego? I like Lego, and I know you love Lego. I love Lego. I have. Uh, I have. We we talked about this on numerous show. How I adore Lego and think it's it is maybe the most fun thing in the world. So tell me about something I did when I was three years old. I think I I did this too, but not with a Lego. Uh, I think it's just a kid thing to do. A, Lego. A P. A P. Was it the P? Uh, no, I think it was a M M&M? and M. Or maybe a Skittle, oh. yeah, something like that. You know oh. what I mean? Oh, okay. Maybe a Reese's Pieces, something of that size. <laughs> uh, Lego hand comes out of boy's nose after two years. Well, okay, a toy hand from a Lego set has come out of a boy's nose after two years uh, when it got stuck up there. Samar Anwar from Duden in New Zealand uh, was playing with a Lego piece in 2018 when he put it up his nose. His dad uh, shone a torch up his nose at the time but couldn't find it. The GP told the family it would quickly find its way out naturally through the body, but of course it didn't. However, Samwar wasn't so certain that the hand from the Lego set had made its way out the other side. Uh, And then I guess just this week, two years later, the Lego hand finally came out, even though the doctor said it would just kind of find its way out. Hmm. 
So this kid has been living for two years with a Lego hand in his nose. Oh, that's kind of... It's kind of cute <laughs> and also kind of crazy. I remember getting whatever it was, the M&M or something, and my mom... I remember yeah. being like, I can't... I was trying to sh- shoot it out my nose or whatever, um, yeah. and I couldn't get it out, and I remember my mom calling the doctor even and being like, should we come to the doctor? And they were like, try to get it out yourself first, whatever... And finally, after a while, I was able to, like, plug one nostril and, like, shoot it shot out, like, ricocheted off of a, a table and stuff. I totally remember it very vividly. So, look, I want you and me to go to the time machine. Do you have the time machine ready there? I, okay, let me... We gotta boot it, boot up the time machine. Okay, booting it up. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> it's ready. <laughs> Let's go to 2016. 2016. Hey, it's the Republican uh, presidential nominee uh, nation. Hey, do you see him on the stage there? There's there's a guy called John Kaisek. Oh, let's let's go into the future and see what happens to him. Oh, it's 2020 again. So. Uh, yeah. What is it with, uh, John Kasich? Uh, that's weird this week. I don't know if you saw any of the Democratic National Convention, Fro. Of course I didn't. I saw because the first I'm... night, and I saw part of the second night, but stopped halfway through because I couldn't I couldn't be asked, to be honest. Um, I, I saw Bernie's speech, and that is more or less what I saw. Okay, uh, it was... It was terrible. Uh, everything was mm. really bad. Like, mm, what's a good word for it? Really scripted. It all felt very disingenuous because it was all, like, pre-taped. Everything, nothing felt, um, uh, f- nothing felt unproduced, right? Uh, yeah, if, even Bernie's speech was... Was very produced. Like, yeah. Um, one thing they, they did was they on the first night, brought in a bunch of Republicans who were anti-Trump Republicans to what? side with the Democrats, including John Kasich. What? And one other person, Fro, Meg Whitman. Uh, do you know who Meg, Meg Whitman is? Yeah. I, I know that because you linked her. I know it now. <laughs> Meg Whitman uh, endorsed Joe Biden as well as John Kasich. Je- Meg Whitman, uh, you might know if you go back when we talked about Quibi as the main topic. We even pointed out when in our discussion about Quibi that this woman was very Republican, but for some reason endorsed Hillary Clinton in 2016. So at the D- the DNC convention on Monday, they came out and said, these are Repu- Republicans who have always voted Republican, but are now voting against Trump. Even And they put on Meg Whitman, even though Meg Whitman is a Republican who in 2016 endorsed Hillary Clinton, so I don't see how she's, like, uh, the standard bearer of Republicans who are just now deciding, oh, we gotta go against Trump, right? Because she... No, but John Kasich is. But John Kasich is. So he was kind of the yeah. main Republican that they wanted to promote as being pro... Well, I, I don't even want to say pro-Biden. I want to say anti-Trump. Because I don't think... Yes. Here's the problem I have with this whole election is, like especially with the convention, is they're not giving Democrats or progressives something to vote for. 
they're giving right. us something to vote against, which is Trump. If you watch the DNC yeah. convention, there are no policies discussed whatsoever, so there's nothing to vote for. They're all focusing on, we're voting against Trump. So John Kasich decided to go on here, and they did a pre-recorded little speech. Um, let's see what he has to say about uh, Joe, Joe Biden. Is this at uh, 203, by the way? 201. 201. Okay. I'll go a little back down. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. In three, two, one, play. I know Joe is a good man, a man of faith, a unifier. A man of faith? Joe is a hardcore Catholic, if you didn't know that from Oh, I did know that. can help us to see the humanity in each other. He knows that the path to a restored and rejuvenated America lies in respect and unity and a common purpose for everyone. And other platitudes. Yes, there are areas where Joe and I absolutely disagree. But that's okay. Because that's America. Because whatever our difference that's is, America, we from one another as human mm. beings. Each of us searching for justice and for purpose. And other platitudes. We can all see what's going on in our country today. <laughs> and all the questions that are facing us. And no one person or party has all the answers. But what we do know is that we can do better. Except for Marx. what we've been seeing today, for sure. And I know that Joe Biden, with his experience and his wisdom and his decency. His decency, look. He's so decent. And other I'm platitudes. They fear Joe may turn sharp left and leave oh, no. them behind. Oh, not left. I don't believe that. Oh, no. Whatever you do, don't go left. It's reasonable. You wouldn't want a Democrat to be a left, left-leaning. left That would be no, terrible. No. Left-leaning Democrat. call for all of us to take off our partisan hats and put our nation first for ourselves and of course for our children. When America chooses the right path and pulls together, like we've done so many times before, yeah, we can dream. Oh, big we dreams. can dream big dreams. And we can see the top of the mountain as a United States of America with a soul that is a beacon of freedom to the entire Fantastic. world. And other platitudes. Uh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so oh. that was just one of the speeches from Republicans at the. DNC convention on Monday, and there was more on Tuesday. Uh, they had Colin Powell on yesterday from warmongering Colin Powell, uh, a literal war criminal. They also yesterday had Bill Clinton on, who we know has ties to Jeffrey Epstein. So the whole DNC convention is basically a laughing. It's a joke at this point, at least to people online, right? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to say. I, I really don't. Like, this proves once and for all, for me at least, that uh, Biden is more Republican than he, than his Democrats. When Republicans are coming out to support him, there is something I feel maybe more wrong with the Democratic Party than there's with uh, I, I see the Democratic Party... I see this as them sh- telling us that the Democratic Party is moving right, not left. They are moving to the right w- by bringing in all these Republicans instead of bringing in people like Nina Turner to talk or 
uh, Jamal Bowman to talk, or multiple other voices, progressive voices could have talked, but they gave John Kasich, we just watched, four minutes, and they gave Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez 60 seconds. I think that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. So, yeah. Go, Biden. Hey, if (laughs) if you are a Democrat and you are happy moving to the right, good for you. But uh, like I said earlier in this news segment, I think we need a third party because I'm not a Democrat, clearly. Yeah, my dad, uh, I don't, I, I, I really, really don't know what to say. I, I just feel this intense anger uh, over the Democratic Party for being such a now centrist party. I understand that Trump is so far right that maybe they need to move a little more centrist to get power, but uh, this, this, this election has proven once and for all that, uh, like you said, we need a third party. We I, definitely do. I think the problem with uh, some of this rhetoric is that at the same time as they're bringing in John Kasich, uh, the Democrats are trying to say they're the most progressive uh, ticket ever. But at the same time, bringing in John Kasich and Meg Whitman. And I don't think you can say we're progressive as as you're also bringing in John Kasich. There's this thing called the Overton window, Fro. Yeah. Uh, And it's the range of of acceptable political discussion, right? Right. And what happened in... It just didn't. Uh, the change didn't happen with Trump, and I, th- I think it actually started with the Tea Party after nine eleven. The Tea Party oh, yeah, pushed oh, yeah, the Overton window way to the right, uh, yeah. and the Democrats, even before this, they were already moving to the right with Bill Clinton. Uh, just watch the movie Twenty Fifth if you want to learn about that. Uh, yeah, and. Uh, they moved the Democrats. Then after the Tea Party moved the. Republicans to the right, the Democrats move to the right, putting them in the center, and now we have progressives like me, AOC, all the other progressives out there um, that backed Bernie. Uh, This is becoming a whole other separate political party because we're going to have the progressive wing, the centrist wing, and then the right wing, uh, I think, in 2024. And I think... The people who think that Bernie bros and Bernie was mean to Hillary and Biden, just wait till 2024 because the Bernie coming in 2024 who's not going to be Bernie isn't going to be so nice. Uh, Maybe we should bring up uh, that other message from... Well, we'll do that that after Uh Tron tells the truth because we feel some pity. This is Tron with Tron Tells the Truth. To the people who like my segment, I must be, I'm just saying story that I forgot last week. Being out of a job or trying to manage two, three different small jobs and getting enough shifts to make ends meet can be some problem sometimes. So last week, I just forgot. One day after, I found out and I said sorry to Luke. Well, that shit happening because there's a lot of shit happening these days when i'm reading this in you have democratic convention i don't know how i, I don't want to watch it i don't watch conventions i don't watch debates on tv either it's very rarely i do because 
political debates are not about issues and things. It's about, about telling a story. And sometimes listening to American debates are extremely boring. I grew up with a horse, hockey mom and a, a sister and a brother. We worked ourselves up. My father come from another country. We worked hard. Oh, Jesus Christ. Save your breath. I think there's people just living for those stories. Why? Do you need a story about a life to see? Because that's the glory, glory by the history lesson you're giving us and people started crying. What does it help you? Nothing. Work still pays shit. Union still fucked up. And all the parties are born anyway. So just making a story to make you feel good doesn't help a damn shit. It's like nationalism. Today I watched a Trump supporter who said some strange things. Here again, strange in our in our flag. Yeah, in your flag is a flag is gonna fucking give you money? No, it's not. If you don't like it, you can just move out. So every people who don't vote for Trump shall move out. Holy shit! But again, stories can be boring. If you had a minority too. When all people thought, we're Norwegian who fought against the Germans. No, you didn't. People who fought against the Germans in 1940 are dead. People who, most of the people who's, who remember the day 8th of May 1945 are dead. Stop creating stories and start creating politics. Because politics and issues is all that matter. I'm not going to watch Biden speech. I maybe, I maybe see a rerun of of uh, Bernie Sanders' speech because Bernie Sanders speak issues, not those boring fucking stories. He attacked the problem. That's what I like with Cortez too. She attacks the problem. Those boring stories, yeah, but she can also do like, my father, my brother, blah, 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 blah. I don't give a fuck. Sorry, I don't give a fucking shit. And no should you eat it. We should stop creating stories like a, like a comfort, like, Everything is shit. Everything doesn't work, but do we have those stories? Do we feel so fucking good? I want issues. I want things to happen. I don't issue. I want. I don't often take up two topic at once, but I'm gonna do it this time. I know you know that true history. Americans have created feelings in other countries. Very strong. You're never neutral when it comes to the U.S. Somebody likes you and somebody hates you. And if something you disagree with you, you claim it, they hate you too. But now we don't feel hate, fear, or anger in Europe. We feel pity. We feel pity. We don't give a shit anymore. That is the first time I had that feeling go through all of Europe. We feel pity. We don't impressed. We don't. We don't get impressed because you have tons of guns or seven times more military than anyone else. We just feel pity because you are run by morals. Pity is a feeling whose genders are over in Europe and most of the world. And you should take that serious because it's not only a to the people on the right, it also claims to the people on the left. Yeah, I don't want to vote because I don't like Biden. Go fuck yourself, you fucking drama queen. You have, sometimes you just have to do what you're gonna do to make things work a little better. It's gonna take time, but it's gonna get better. 
It's like a, sometimes I listen to liberals, Democrats. It's like listen to small babies. I don't want to eat my peas because they look strange. I don't give a shit. We feel pity for you now. If you not vote for Biden or let that fucking orange orangutan sit for four, five, four more years or maybe eight more years because you want three third period, we're just going to come from pity to don't give a shit. And that feeling is very near now. This was Tron with a long Tron tells the truth. Have a nice day. That was uh, Tron uh, telling the truth. Thank you for that, Tron. Welcome back. Welcome back, Tron. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess the documentary that you need to see is the 13th, not the 25th. I got those amendments right. confused in a second ago in the uh, news round. So everybody go check out the 13th. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, a good very, documentary very good about... And yeah. it covers kind of the change uh, of the Democratic Party from being the party of the working people to the party of, what, corporations. Just before we had the break with the Trump Tells the Truth, we were talking about Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy has contacted us on Facebook. That's another digital citizen on Facebook. We'll uh, come back to what he wrote to us. Uh, you can also send us an email address at another digital citizen, uh, the name of our show, at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us at uh, Twitter, uh, at podcast ADC. That's at podcast ADC. Uh, let's uh, talk more about what Jeremy sent us. All right, so we covered one of the things he said uh, as far as the Russian vaccine. We already talked about that right. one, so we don't have to cover that. But the first thing he says, ugh, Luke keeps spouting off about things he knows nothing. He, he knows, he's spouting off about things he knows nothing. Kamala Harris' Senate voting record is very progressive. He put very in all capitals from to let you know she's very progressive. She is, from, she is far from centrist, from. She has a couple of bad things in her history as the DA in San Francisco. A couple, you know, a couple of bad things. Like uh, keeping people in jail even though there was proof that they were not guilty. That's not a, that's not a big deal. You know, putting people in jail... Uh, for their children being truant from, from school. That's mm-hmm. something she did. Um, but, you know, she has a couple of bad things f- from then. Uh, but you do what you must to survive in a per- political environment, and overall she was, a po- she was a positive move, meaning as far as Biden picking her as VP. I think she would be better placed as attorney general, but an obvious play to court the black woman vote isn't the worst thing that Democrats could do. Do you know what? I I agree with the last point of his argument to you, <laughs> that it's not the worst thing uh, uh, they could do. They could have done much worse than Kamala Harris. I can think of some uh, off the top of my head. Uh, but... Oh, the centrist thing. Oh, Jeremy, 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 Jeremy. Right, okay, you so, just, I mean, maybe he, <laughs> maybe he's changed his mind in the week since it's been, since this happened, but the day that we posted the podcast, so the day before he posted this thing, Cornell West mm-hmm. said in an article, or in an interview, sorry, Cornell West said, uh, I want... Trump people to know I am radical, Cornell West said in an interview Wednesday with Anderson Cooper on CNN. My dear sister Kamala Harris is not radical. She is a centrist, a moderate, 
I love the sister. She's my AKA sister and everything. But at the same time, I recognize that when it comes to serious class struggles that are going on, the class war of the bosses against the workers, she has not always been on the side of workers and neither has Biden. We have to tell the truth about even those we vote for. That's why I don't endorse them. I vote for them. And that's how I'm voting too. Yeah. I'm voting for Biden. I'm yeah. not, I never said I yeah. wasn't voting for Biden. Uh, I did say right. at some point, like, it was questionable whether or not I wanted to vote for Biden because it was up in the air whether there was going to be some other random candidate, whether it be Jesse Ventura or the Green Party or whatever else. Clearly, right. that's not going to happen. So uh, I'm I'm with Corna West saying I don't endorse Biden or Harris. I am voting for them. Yeah. Another thing that came out uh, from an article called, this is from CNBC, from, and this is an article called, Wall Street executives are glad Joe, Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris to be his VP running mate. Why are they excited, those Wall Street executives? I know it. 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 I know the answer. Can I say it? Can I say it? Can I say it? Sure. She's a centrist. Charles Myers, the founder of Signum, a former uh, vice chair of Evercore, told CNBC, our clients really wanted to know if Biden was going to stay in the center, and his pick of Kamala Harris reinforces that, he said on Tuesday. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, no, sorry, Jeremy, she's a centrist. But, uh, yeah, whatever you have to do to survive this election. Here's an article uh, (laughs) (laughs) from the L.A. Times. Uh, Janet Hook says, In picking Kamala Harris as his running mate, Joe Biden set a marker for what he now believes Democrat can win for a multiracial coalition that can excite voters. And that's what Jeremy was talking about, a multiracial coalition. But a center-left brand... but this center-left brand that steers clear of the most far-reaching progressive demands. Harris and Biden, but unlike some other women, were considered has rebuffed some demands that the party uh, of the party's rising progressive wing. That profile that could help Biden appeal to the moderate swing voters. Yeah. She's I not progressive. She's a centrist, and everybody oh. says she's a centrist, so I don't know where... That, that's one thing Jeremy uh, should do in future emails. If you're going to say things like she's far from centrist, uh, she's got a very... See, Kamala Harris' Senate voting record is very progressive. You say her voting record in the Senate is very progressive. Cite that to me so that I can find those quote-unquote progressive things she did. I know one thing she did. She signed on to Bernie Sanders' uh, Medicare for All bill in the Senate, Fro. Yeah. And, and then a few weeks later, her. she turned around and said, I don't believe in Medicare for all. <laughs> right. And she was very mean against Kavanaugh. Very mean girl. She I don't know why that's mean. progressive, but sure. She was the meanest, according to Trump. That's why she she doesn't like him. Her. Right. And she Jeremy, we're not trying to be mean or anything. Uh, so no. don't think we are. But We love you. Yeah, and we love that you send emails, so continue to send emails. We don't not when you send emails, uh, or I guess messages. He actually sent some more messages, so let's continue on what Jeremy had to say. Uh, he sent a thing talking about Venezuela. Uh, he sent he posted a podcast. I don't know. I didn't have a chance to listen to this. Did you? 
No, I have had a thousand other things. To right, do, me so. too. Uh, he sent a, a podcast on the failed coup in Venezuela. And then the last thing he sent, uh, Ari the cruise ship tr- trip. Uh, we talked yes. at the very end of the show last week. We were like, hey, Jeremy, send us what what's going on with the cruise you you were planning on going on. It says it was yeah. scheduled for Layla's, Layla's 40th birthday celebration. We were planning on... Mm going to Singapore and board the ship there, and it would take us to Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, and uh, fuck it, uh, Phuket, fuck it, Thailand. <laughs> After uh, taking uh, talking to the group, six of us total, on Sunday, um, Monday, I canceled our booking because I have no faith that we as Americans will be allowed in Singapore, Malaysia, or Thailand by February. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we're now... Uh, we, we're waiting until November 4th, the day after the election, to come up with a replacement plan uh, for their trip. Uh, hopefully I mean, that all works. I, I think yeah. what he's saying is, like, he, they're seeing if Trump gets out, and then maybe we can... Yeah. <laughs> maybe other countries will accept us if Joe Biden gets in. Yeah, I want to say this. We, we fucking love you. You're one of our favorite listeners. Uh, we we do respect what you, you say, believe it or not. Uh, and I feel very sorry for for you. Uh, I'm very very sorry to hear this about your trip. Uh, I wish I wish there was something we could do for you to make uh, her birthday better. So hit up us, hit us up with something. We can sing her the birthday song. Yeah, we'll sing her the. Uh, well, I think the birthday song is like copyright, but we'll sing a birthday song. <laughs> we will make we will make her a birthday song. For you. Isn't yeah. the birthday song owned by like Michael Jackson's family? I, I don't know. I think that's Is true. It? Like the the Michael Jackson Michael Jackson bought the birthday song years ago. I don't know if he still owns it, but yeah. The the first birthday song that comes to mind is the Stevie Wonder one. Happy birthday to you. That's all yeah. I that he did that song because it was illegal. Yeah. He didn't have the rights to do the other actual birthday song, right? Because it's right. owned. It's owned by, or it was at some point owned by the Michael Jackson estate. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Jeremy, we disagree with some of your points, but we love you to death. We love everybody that disagree with with us. So please continue. Uh, hey, look, fucking hell, we have seen a lot of TV this week. Uh, well, at least me. Uh, but, I've only seen uh, three things. Thing. So you start. You you seen. Yeah, but this Ellen thing will not go away. Oh yeah, that right. <sighs> well, because we have talked. This is the third week in a row we talk about this Ellen thing. Why isn't this uh, over yet? <laughs> well, I think because mostly I think because if if the first week if Ellen would have come out and said, "Sorry, my bad," I it was I, it was yeah. my fault. I take responsibility. Right, we wouldn't be yeah. <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about it still. The Ellen DeGeneres show has overhauled its senior production team in the wake of accusations of racial insensitivity and sexual misconduct. Three senior producers, executive oh I'm not going to say their names, have been ousted from Warner Brothers distribution syndicated following uh, strip stripped following damning allegations raised recently. Uh, in reports by BuzzFeed and Variety, Ellen veterans will remain at the show as ex- executive producers alongside the host, Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, 
yeah, so again, it feels like she's fucking escaping from this. By just firing, like, lower level people. Yeah. And uh, I feel that's kind of sad. I just, I want, I honestly want her to take responsibility for what she did. I yeah. mean, we all know that she was not nice to people, and all you have to be is like, hey, I was not nice to people, I'll try to do better. That's all you have to do, it's really not that hard. Yeah, we do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, so, uh, let's go and start with maybe the most uh, talked about show this week, uh, Lovecraft Country. I'm going to guess that you didn't see this. No, I'm definitely going to watch it this week. I saw the commercial for it, Ooh, and I tried awesome. to get to it, but I just did not have... I didn't have the time this week. Uh, oh, this is good. Uh, at least the first episode is. I mean, it, uh, I am very much in love with his writings. I think he's uh, uh, one of the best uh, weird science fiction uh, writers there is. Uh, but he was also a fucking atrociously big bigot. So there's that. Okay. <laughs> uh, he was a, a flownfall racist. But uh, I am going to give this a 9.5 because I have only seen one episode. But the one first episode is one of the best thing I, I have seen in on TV this, this year. It's got a so, 100%. On Rotten Tomatoes right yeah. now, so that's why I saw you sent me a thing and we're like, "Hey, you got to check this out," and I yeah. saw the commercial for it and everything. And then, yeah, I just too busy doing other things. Uh, one thing I saw on Prime: World's Toughest Race from. Uh, can I guess it has something to do with cars? It's got Bear Grylls in it. <laughs> uh, so it's like okay. a. It's basically uh. Uh, what is it called? The Amazing Race, except okay. tougher, because it's all like through the jungle. It's not through cities; it's through Bear Grylls territory. So the world's toughest okay. race, right? Um, it was okay. I mean, there there's an Oregon team, so I'm rooting for the or- team Oregon uh, in this. But I don't know if you like survival stuff. It's it's all right. Overall, I'd probably give it a. Four. Okay, cool. Uh, there was a horror show that came out uh, that I have never ever heard of in my entire life before this week. It's called The Unsettling. I have no clue uh, where it's from or anything. Uh, wasn't me that wanted to watch this, to be honest. Uh, it is on uh, HBO. Um, um, I don't think I like this. I've seen two episodes. It's about this uh, 16-year-old girl that comes to this foster home, and all of a sudden, like, weird things uh, happens around her. I think if I was 16 years old, I would like this a little better, but it's a little too soft for me. Uh, It's a little too, like... Uh, reliant on 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 jump scares and and hmm. and teenage uh, horrors than than anything else. I've seen two episodes. 
I don't think I will see any more, <laughs> so I'm going to give it a 5.5. Alright, I saw, what, Teenage Bounty Hunters. Yeah, fuck you did, because you told me about it. Guess what I did? I also saw this. I was pleasantly surprised by the show. What did what did you think? <laughs> I am pleasantly surprised by this. It's it's Dark Bounty Hunter, but really, really, really not. Dog, it's not Dog the Bounty Hunter, right? Is what I would right. say. Uh, yeah, I, I really like, like the parts. Really, really, really not. I, I like the parts where they're okay. So this is about two teen twin girls mm-hmm. who accidentally uh, catch a. Uh, catch a criminal and get a bounty on him and then they realize hey we could become bounty hunters and these twin girls also for some reason in the show have the ability to have telekinesis where they can talk to each other because they're twins yeah like it's which i don't i mean that's kind of like an old wives tale that twins can kind of like communicate right Mm -hmm. but in this show it's like they literally can talk back and forth without using their mouths, right? Which that part was very cool because it makes it almost kind of sci-fi-esque. Mm-hmm. It's got a very weird, like a kind of a sci-fi uh, bit to it, but it's also a comedy, and I thought the comedy was very funny. Um, their interactions with the bounty hunter guy, the yeah. big giant yeah. bounty hunter guy, and he's like, how are you two so good at this, right? It's, that part's very funny. Um, overall, I'm going to give this a 7.5. <laughs> I'm right there with you. I am giving it to 7.5 as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'd recommend another it to everybody, we... to be honest. Yeah. Please don't feel another week that we agree with everything. Uh, Glow Up, uh, Britain's uh, next uh, makeup star, season two, uh, came out this uh, or ended this week. Okay. So I've been uh, binged that. I'm very much into makeup and. Uh, Totally, it was my idea to watch this as well. <laughs> Clearly, not somebody else's idea whatsoever. Glow up, all right? no, not at all. Definitely was. Oh, I really, really want to see this. I fought. I fought very bravely to watch this. Uh, it's okay. Uh, Four point five. Is it better or worse than the? Uh... YouTube James Charles makeup reality show. Oh, it, it, it's better. Better oh, than that. Better. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, why don't you do something else? Because I've only seen one other thing. Uh, okay. Uh, what else have we seen? Three uh, percent. Uh, I started uh, from the oh, beginning. The... Of... Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. There's three seasons out. The new season just came out. I knew that. Yeah. Uh, and I started uh, from season one again because I didn't fucking remember this show at all, to be honest. I watched uh, season one. I didn't didn't watch season two. No. Uh, so and season three came out this week, so I was like, okay, maybe I should watch season one again because it's like I have I didn't see seasons two either. So. It's an interesting concept. It has to do with a uh, futuristic time. Where mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of people that are like the elites, hence the three percent, and then there's the underclass of people, right? Yeah, and it's uh, a Brazilian show, and it's pretty good actually. I recommend it. Uh, I will also say that I saw Battlebots. You remember that show from yes. 2015? Yeah. 
That was actually my my idea. Uh, I saw the two first seasons out of four that came. Oh, so uh, you went and watched some old BattleBot? I thought you were going to say they yeah. came out with a new BattleBot show or something. Um, no, no, sadly. Oh, okay. But it, it's so fun. It is so easy to watch and have in the background doing whole housework and things like that. Do you remember that show that with that Chris Jericho hosted that was like these giant battle bots that were like I do, yeah. yeah they were like mech, mech warrior. Yeah, and it was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Uh what else have you seen? Unwell. I know we both saw that. Yes, we did. On Netflix. Yeah. It's about uh each episode is about a different kind of uh pseudo-scientific cure for something, mm-hmm. right? So the first episode has to do with essential oils. The second episode had to do with what What was it again? Uh, tantric sex. Right, okay. And each one is kind of... It, it goes into... It talks to people who believe this stuff actually works for them, but then also talks to people mm-hmm. who are debunk, debunking uh, it through different methods, whether it be science or other ways. Um... And it's interesting because, especially the one with essential oils, they have the girl who has autism, who is clearly mm-hmm. ha- actually helped by it, but then mm-hmm. there's all these other people that are using it in ways that are so ridiculous that you know that it's not actually feasible, right? Um, so it covers that these are helpful in certain ways, but then in other other ways, people are trying to make it more than it really is. I really like this show. I give it a... Um, Jeez, a six. I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay, uh, I have it at seven, seven uh, uh, as well. I had it at six point five, but when I thought about uh, like the connotations of it, I bumped it up half yeah. a point. Yeah. Uh, you don't remember heaters, do you? The old uh, movie from the seventies or whatever no. it was. You you sent me a thing for this, and I. I still don't remember this. Right. So, uh, this is a cult classic uh, from 80-something. And it's one of those uh, very unknown uh, uh, dark comedies. It is one of my favorite movies. Like, I, I, I love it. I shouldn't do. Well, guess what? They have made a TV show based on that movie with the same uh, kind of characters, not the same storyline. Because I'm very happy that they didn't didn't do this. Uh-huh. This is not this is not made for me. I'm not supposed to like this. This is clearly for 16 year old girls, but I don't give two fucking shits about it. I fucking loved it. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, eight. Right. And so this was a show that came out in 2018. If anybody wants to go mm-hmm. check, if if they're looking for the Heather's TV show. But the last thing I saw this week, and uh, I really was hoping that you had seen this, was the many murders of Edward Edwards. So this is a documentary. I have never been so angry in my entire life after watching this documentary that I have been at this documentary. This is the worst speculation uh, shit documentary I have seen in my entire life, Luke. 
like literally. You remember that uh, McCain show that Netflix had some years ago that was my number two worst show of the year? McCain show? Well, no. Yeah, uh, 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 um, about this girl that was kidnapped in, in Australia and her parents were... Uh, yeah, I'm totally uh, blanking, yeah. but continue. Okay. So this is worse. <laughs> this is fucking worse. This is so uh, trying to... Uh, yeah, it, like, connecting dots that is clearly not there for anybody else that is has two fucking brain cells and it's trying to be this true crime show it is going to get a big fat fucking zero oh okay (laughs) yeah you need to see this i have never been so angry in my entire life and i can't wait to see it and discuss it with me where where is this from uh when where is it from? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, I think it's an American show. But yeah, The Many Murders of Ed Edwards. The most speculative shit thing I have ever seen, and I've seen all of it. Okay. Wanna, what else did we see this week? No. <laughs> well, no, this was actually an okay episode. It was Tough as Nails, episode 7, maybe? Episode 7, correct, uh, called Trash Day. The two crews each look for an important win in the team competition when tasked with packing a moving van, <laughs> and competitors look to avoid elimin- elimination during an individual con- competition by collecting and loading tra- trash into a moving garbage truck. Which we should mention, yes, the garbage truck was moving while they were trying to yeah. load it in, but the first person that went, the host did not tell him hey, the garbage truck is going to start moving and not stop, right? They didn't explain the rules of the competition until after the competition had already started. Well, I wonder if there's something else they didn't explain before this episode, Luke, because guess what? They made up a new rule this episode. A big rule. Like, this isn't like a little, <laughs> like, oh, like, you have by to have way, a certain yeah. kind of shoes on. This is like, right. oh, by the way, the team who wins the most team competitions wins $16,000 they just added (laughs) randomly in this episode which is funny because last week I was talking about it and I was you were like this team's won more team competitions and I said what does that matter who cares if you win team competitions there's no prize for that and then this episode they're like oh by the way there's a prize for that (laughs) yeah so thank you for listening to the show the makers of this show right totally yeah, yeah. The producer of this show was like, "Oh fuck, we forgot to do that. Maybe we should explain that." And and that 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 like, why this has been our complaint of this show from the start. They have never explained the rules. The, the rules are completely insanely hard to understand, and all of a sudden they make up this new rule. About the teams? About, and, and it's $16,000. This isn't a rule where you, yeah. they're just like, oh, let's add... Because it seems like, over these episodes, that they're just making the rules up as they go. That's as what it feels know. like. Totally. Yes. Because they're it just like... like the... Last episode, they're like, oh, we better... Uh, oh, th- these team competitions mean something. Because each team competition, they, they still win 
$2,000 for each team win, right? But then the team who wins the most team competitions also wins $16,000 to split between the team, but they already won $2,000 per team competition. It's very confusing. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, this 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 was actually a fun episode. Uh, well, one of the best The competitions. I, I think I, the competitions yeah. were the good part, right? Yeah. And uh, the old lady, Michelle, uh, finally got out of it. I'm, I'm kind of happy to see that because I was a little afraid that they would let her win. Right, that was kind of your prediction, was that they were going for Michelle. And I mean, we even thought that she was going to lose at the end of this episode. Um, right. And they, she didn't, I guess. I mean, or she did. We didn't think she was going to lose. Right. Right. Yeah, and she did. Uh, we thought the other guy who was... What, what's his name? I can't remember the dude's name, but... Right. We thought he was uh, going to lose uh, because yeah. they did, like, a video package about him and his his life mm-hmm. right before the competition. And every other time in the show, when they do that, it telegraphs who's going to lose. But I think, like you said, thanks for listening and changing that up to trick us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It almost feels like the producers of the show is listening to the show and like me. Like if if they say hello, Fro and Luke next week, I will be very happy. Right. So, so put that in. Put it. Put in. Fro and Luke really like Ford trucks. Put that in the show <laughs> because Ford truck is like the sponsor, and it's so bl- they blatantly plug Ford like all the time in the show. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm going to be very nice and actually give this a six point five. Uh, I'll give it a five. Okay, I think this is uh, this is one of the best episodes. Main topic time. Pew pew. Uh, no, uh, uh, save it for soon. Uh, Buckminster Fuller. Uh, who's Buckminster Fuller? Look. Uh, Buckminster Fuller was an American architect, systems theorist, author, designer, inventor, and futurist. Uh, f- uh, I, are we? Fu- I think we're futurists as well. Fuller published more than oh, thirty definitely. books, coining and popularizing su- such terms as Spaceship Earth, which is that documentary we mm-hmm. saw recently on what Hulu, a Hulu documentary. Yeah, yeah, very Di- good documentary. Uh, synerg- g- and tense gritty. He also developed nu- numerous inventions, mainly architectural design, and popularized widely the widely known geodesic dome, which that was also from Spaceship yeah. Earth. The thing that yeah. they built was a giant geodesic dome. Um, mm-hmm. Carbon molecules known as fullerenes were named by a scientist for their structural and mathematical resemblance to geodesic spheres. Uh, Fuller was the second... Uh, world president of Mensa. So we're talking about smart dude here. Yeah, I mean, he he has had his controversy and things like that, but uh, yeah, I, I knew nothing about this guy before this week, to be 110% honest with you. Uh, so this was very, very interesting. We saw a very good documentary on uh, YouTube, uh, uh, that is free to see. Uh, what is it called, Luke? Do you remember? Uh, thinking Out Loud, Buckminster Fuller. Yeah. Um, from 1997? 
So it was an old documentary, but had a lot of... I mean, this guy died a while ago. Uh, he died right. in 1983. Uh, right. So he... Uh, I don't know if there's going to be more new documentaries coming out about this guy, but I mean, when was the fullerene uh, developed? Let's find that, find out that, I guess. Cause this scientist named the fullerene after him. So he's still, you know, kind of affecting even modern science, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, definitely. No, I, I, I but uh, like I said, I really think that people that know nothing about uh, him should actually watch that documentary. It's a totally okay documentary, and it explains uh, a lot of what he did. And I, I mean, the most uh, important thing is this uh, geodesic dome. I think. I mean, uh, that is uh, uh, what he's most known for. I would uh, really say. It says here, carbon nanotubes, which were one produced use, use of carbon nanotubes, is in paper batteries developed in 2007 by researchers at Resnold Polytechnic Institute. Another highly speculative proposed use in the field of space technology is to produce high tensile carbon cables to create a space elevator. Remember when China was saying they were going to make a space elevator? Mm -hmm. Carbon nanotubes which are cylindrical fullerenes, which are buckyballs. Uh, it's like a tu tubular buckyball, or uh, just like uh, just like the, uh, what do you call it? Now I'm totally lost. Uh, just like the geodesic dome, a buckyball right. is like, a, instead of it being half of a ball, a buckyball is like two domes on top of each other to create a ball. This is like a tube, and they want to make... Uh, based off Buckminster Fuller's research from, like, the 60s, they want to make an elevator to space. So this guy is definitely mm -hmm. still um, helping with uh, science and innovating things, definitely. But where did he start innovating things, I guess, is a good place to start. So let's go to geodesic domes. Oh no! I guess I, Dymaxin Chronophile. That's where we should start the car. Okay, Cause, yeah. Because he made the that, car before that, he made the yeah. geodesic dome, right? And uh, and for people that has not seen the car, it looks uh, like a normal car just with three wheels. So and it's, it's a lot. Less... It's uh, the one thing about it is it, it, they explained it in the documentary is like. We see cars nowadays, and they have very uh, aerodynamic shape and everything. Mm -hmm. But if you think about, like, a Model T or, like, w the cars they had in, like, the 1930s and 40s, uh, when you think of maybe, like, uh, gangsters during Prohibition, that they drive around in these big, like, heavy cars that were very boxy. This is not... Yeah. F this is very futuristic looking because it's streamlined. Um, so... Yeah, and to us, it doesn't seem like much, but if you imagine being in the 30s and seeing this, I guess. Right. It, it, uh, uh, it even says there on the Wikipedia, the bodywork was aerodynamic designed for increased fuel efficiency and speed, as well as light well, and its platform featured the light well, uh, chromolone steeled hedge uh, cases, 
neck-mounted V8 engine, front drive, and three wheels. The vehicle steered via a third wheel at the rear, capable of a 90-degree steering, thus able to steer uh, as a tight uh, circle. That was the coolest uh, the, part, to see the video yeah. of it, like, literally doing, like, a 360 in the middle of the road. Or, yeah, or able to, like... Cool. Instead of having to parallel park where you go forward and then back and then forward again, it was able to just mm -hmm. move sideways, right? Um, which some cars can do now, but this was in the 1930s. And this also got 30 miles to the gallon uh, in the 1930s, yeah. which is like yeah. something that uh, hybrid cars now do, right? I mean, right. but very 10 or tw 20 years ago, no cars were getting 30 miles to the gallon when I was a kid. But this guy was doing it in the 1930s, right? Uh, during the Great Depression, fuel reformed uh, 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 the Dismexian Corporation and built three prototypes, which noted uh, <coughs> uh, a team of 27 workmen. So it was clearly that there wasn't that many that built it. There was not many uh, of it that was built. Uh, yeah, I find it kind of... I have a feel. I mean, I've seen a lot of other documentaries about the car industry, like uh, who killed the electric car and things like that. Yeah, I'm guessing there were some people beautiful. who did not want this car to... Yeah. <laughs> some oil barons probably were like, hey, 30 miles to the gallon? We can't have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, this car also held 11 people. So it was like yeah. almost public transportation idea. Because I think the one thing we haven't talked about him is his kind of worldview that he wanted to invent things to help people. He wanted to invent mm -hmm. things so that, uh, because it was the Great Depression, he specifically wanted to design things that could make people, make people's lives easier without having to spend a lot of money, because it was the Great Depression, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And that's why he invented this car that could do 30 miles to the gallon, is because people didn't have a lot of money to spend on gas. And that's why he created the geodesic dome as well, because he wanted to, his idea was that he wanted to house everybody in the world, right? Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I agree. That, that is one of the things that impressed me uh, with the documentaries. Is, is like, and how humble he was. Like, when he is called uh, a genius, his response is like, N I'm nobody. Like... Right, they gave him a an award for like architecture, and he's like, "I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not an architect. I'm an inventor." <laughs> he's like, "I don't yeah. like being called an architect, even." Uh, but he created the geodesic dome, which is like, uh, the it was the lightest, strongest building you could create, I guess, at the time, and mm -hmm. he, they created one at the World's Fair, right, which was the tallest clear structure ever at the time. Mm -hmm. But I guess we should start. He. he taught at Black Mountain College in North Carolina during the summers of 1948 and 1949. And from the documentary, we saw footage of this. This Black Mountain Community College kind of looked like a, a, a cult to me. <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, but like it a really cool. happy cult. I think the one guy... Oh, yeah. The one guy compared him to a cult leader. Uh, what did he say? He said something like... Uh, he was a cult leader that could actually deliver on things. I think was the thing that guy said. <laughs> Cause yeah, like he would come up with something that sounded crazy to everybody, but then it would actually come true where other cult leaders, they will come up with some, something crazy and it won't come true. Right. 
Yeah, I, 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 I and and the the thing is, like, he was very controversial at his time. I think nowadays uh, we see his genius. It, 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 it kind of feels like he was the modern time Da Vinci. They, they, they even said that in the documentary, mm-hmm. and also like. Uh, his history re- kind of reminds me of like Tesla, uh, where where we now can see his genius, where he he was called a crazy uh, person and uh, his uh, by his peers at at the time, like he was super controversial. Right. The reason he ended up at Black Mountain Community College or Black Mountain College in North Carolina is because nobody else would accept him into like the right um, co- collegiate science uh because they all thought he was doing just out there stuff that wasn't going to matter it says here with support mm-hmm. of a group of professors and students he began reinventing a project that would make him famous the geodesic dome although do, the, although the geodesic dome has been created built and awarded a german patent uh, fuller was awarded the united states patent fuller neglected to cite that he that the self-supported dome had already been built uh, although Fuller undoubtedly popularized this type of structure, he is mistakenly given credit for its design, it says. Mm. So, should we go into uh, this website? Yeah, let's go to the Buckminster Fuller Institute, or BFI.org. Yeah, this is uh, something you found. So tell me a little about this. Let's go, uh, it says challenge, and then there's the about. Yep. Uh, welcome to the Buckminster Fuller Challenge Archive. You will find a comprehensive history of the BFC program and a curated archive of the best entries. So this is like, this website has this challenge. Uh, in 2007, the Buckminster Fuller Prize Program introduced Bucky's vision. After extensive research, we determined that developing... Development of a competition prize and an open call to anyone creatively addressing any of the world's most urgent problems would enable us to incop- accomplish several goals. Honor the leg- one, honor the legacy of Buck- Mr. Fuller. Two, draw attention and support thinkers and doers who apply comprehensive whole system approach to designing solutions to great challenges. Uh, three, leverage power of prestige, innovation, prize and demonstrate the importance of whole system thinking and for educate new generations of designers to take up Fuller's challenge. And uh, I did as we do with everything we do. I went to the store. So there's a, uh, a back, go back and then online store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we see uh, uh, Dix, Dix, Dix Mechian map. So uh, explain a little about this map because that was a big part of the uh, um, uh, documentary as well. Because he was very much uh, ahead of his time when it come come to environmental issues as well. Right. Uh, let's see here. The fuller projection mass, also known as the Dimexi map, is the only flat map of the entire surface of the Earth which reveals our planet as one island in the ocean without any visual. Uh, obvious distortion of relative shape sizes or land areas without splitting up con- continents. So like when you look at a regular map and I've, mm-hmm. I learned this probably when I was in middle school, Greenland is way bigger than it's supposed to be because when you take a right. globe and you flatten it, it distorts mm-hmm. all of the other, um, all of the other shapes. 
or it distorts all the shapes, right? But he made this map that doesn't distort any of the shapes. Yeah, and uh, you can buy this map for uh, 30 bucks. Uh, you can build your own uh, dome, though, for $250. That seems a little um, steep to me. <laughs> yeah, that seems a little steep to me as well. $165, what looks to be a, like a fidget toy. Yeah, that is also... I hope that is huge. I, I feel like these are kind of like... Expensive. It's like a donation, and then you get... It's like when you donate to like OPB, and they give you a tote bag, oh, yeah. but you spent $50. Oh, yeah. I think that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah, but the clothing here is okay priced. I mean, yeah. nothing... 20 or 30 bucks for a t-shirt is pretty standard yeah. for like an online yeah. store. Um, yeah. And I kind of like call me trim tab. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a very funny shirt. I like that as well. And then the design of it uh, on the shirts are off this map as well. And uh, I I looked at this map. I I looked for Norway, and I was very f uh, happy that he included Norway in his map. So, well, it's the map of the world. You didn't think he was going to include? <laughs> I've seen maps without Norway on it. Really? Oh, okay. Yes, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Well, uh, we we are going to talk about this conspiracy very soon, Jeremy. By the way, uh, about uh, Finland. Finland. Not, not, yeah. So that will be fun. But yeah, uh, back to the main page, I guess. What else should we see? Look uh, at? Let's go to About Fuller, and then we'll go to Big Ideas. Uh, mm -hmm. Buckminster Fuller spent his life working in multiple fields, such as architecture, design, ge geometry, engineering, science, cartography, education, in his pursuits to make the wor world work for 100% of humanity, which sounds very much like socialism to me, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Fuller insisted uh, on resisting monikers of specializing, specialized in describing his work, preferring instead to describe his output as that of comprehensive anticip anticipatory design scientist, <laughs> an emergent synthesis of artist, inventor, mechanic, objective economist, and evolutionary strategist. So that's how he saw himself. Uh, you can be a member of the BFI. Uh, that will cost you some money. There are three levels of it. Uh, one is $19, then it's $49, then $99. If you click the banner on the side there, uh, you see it, a new page. Do you see the banner on the page? Yeah. Where it says become a member. Uh, and you you get actually some uh, cool things for for each level. Uh, I want to go to the most expensive uh, level. Uh, so uh, if you buy one for ninety nine dollars, you get the free tuition at the space camp. That is so cool. That at space camp, like in that, well, that's probably not happening right now because of COVID. But right, right. <laughs> But uh, that is super, super cool. I always wanted to go to space camp when I was a kid. I think everybody did, yeah. though, right? Uh, at NASA yeah, totally. and everything. Uh, speaking yeah. of that, speaking of that, uh, it, right below Become a Member, there's a link to 
Spaceship Earth movie now playing. And this is kind of where we actually, when I was like, oh, we should do Buckminster Fuller because the Buckminster Fuller Institute has partnered with the Academy Award-winning Neon Studios to present Spaceship Earth. So they were, this institute was actually part of making that movie, Fro. I didn't realize mm-hmm. that till just now. Um, oh, and, yeah. and that just brings us back to, you know, why we started this topic is far as like the documentary spaceship earth they were a cult that was trying to like find a way to fix the planet as they were trying to determine uh they were determined to fix global warming basically before global warming whatever even was a term and then buckminster fuller was doing all these things to kind of try to help the world uh and i think that's what the Buckminster Fuller Institute's all about is kind of trying to fix the problems of the world and, like they said, make the world work for a hundred percent of people. Uh, what do you think about that? I, I think that's super cool. I mean, uh, that's very ahead of its time. Wouldn't you agree? Well, yeah, he was doing this in the he was made he made that car in the thirties when it was doing thirty miles to the gallon. So I think like this dude was like you said he was. He was uh, the Da Vinci of maybe the nineteen hundred or yeah the nineteen hundreds. Hey, there is uh, sixteen thousand years since we did a uh, bet look because there's no fucking movies out. Right, uh, we just haven't had anything to bet on really. We like we tried to figure stuff out, but uh, I guess we're gonna do WWE. Like go yeah, back because... to our roots, back in when we used to do yeah. WWE bets. <laughs> Because I don't follow the product. You follow the product, Luke? No, I do not. <laughs> cool. This is going to be fun. Two people that don't watch the product is going to guess matches. I don't even know who's a heel and who's a face in any of these <laughs> matchups. I, I, I kind of know that. I can guess some of them, but I can't. Yeah. Like, I, some of them I don't know. Like, I definitely know The Fiend Bray Wyatt is probably a heel, right? But right. yeah. <laughs> So let's go. Uh, Street Profits uh, against uh, Andrea and uh, Angel Garza. For the tag team uh, championships. Yeah. Uh, I'll go Andrade and Garza. Okay. I will go Street Profits then. Okay. Because I really don't care. Uh, Mandy Rose versus Sonya Deville. This is a here versus here match. All right, you go first this time. I will go. Who do I think would look more prettier without a here? Um, I will go Mandy Rose. I guess is gonna win. All right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, might as well just go Deville. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to make yeah. this interesting, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> I don't think it matters in this day and age. Like, wigs are so impressive. I mean, you could be right. bald and be a woman and it really wouldn't matter because you could find a really nice wig. I mean, look at Cardi B. She's wearing wigs all yeah, the time. True. You know what I mean? That is uh, that is definitely true. Um, then we have Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Look, for the uh, singles for the Universal Championship. Right. I don't even remember which is the top title anymore. Universal, W... I don't even remember. Um, 
Who's going to win this? Braun Strowman's the champion. I'll go... I'll go Wyatt. Yeah, we are actually going to agree on this. I think this is uh, very, very obvious that it has to be Wyatt because they have met each other twice now and uh, this is uh, the third time and he has... Uh, <coughs> Braun has won the two others, so... Okay. You, yeah, Ray has to win this, more or less. Okay, so I'm going to do this uh, twice because it's it's more or less the same match. Uh, so first we have Bailey uh, versus Asuka for the uh, WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Right. Then we have uh, Sasha uh, against Asuka for the WWE Raw Championship. So uh, let's do one-on-one match, I guess. Uh, which one do you start? Start with Bailey uh, versus Asuka. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, okay, so who is turning on who here? So Asuka is definitely one winning one of them. Okay. Uh, I think it depends what order this goes, because she's definitely not winning the first match. It's the second match that she's going to win. Right. So I have to think that way as well. Yeah, but how do you determine which one's going to go first? Because they're basically... I, I, right. I don't... I, I know, I know, I know. Um, Actually, I know which one would go first, but I'm not going to give it to you because this is a competition. <laughs> I am going to go that she Asuka loses against Bailey, but wins against Sasha. Okay, so I'm. So you're saying the first match against Bailey, she's going to lose. Yes. Okay, so first match, you're saying Bailey. Yeah. So I'm going to say Asuka. Okay. And then the second match, Sasha versus Asuka, you're saying Asuka. Yeah. And then I'm saying... Sasha. Sasha Banks. Okay. Cool. Uh, the match I am actually looking most forward to this evening, believe it or not, uh, Dominic Mysterio with Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins with Murphy. And this is a street fight. Yeah, it should be interesting, I guess. I like, I tend to like both these guys, to be honest. I mean, Dominic has his ups and downs, but he's... He's kind of proven himself, I think, to a degree from what I've seen. I, I haven't seen very much of him, to be honest, but... And then right. Seth Rollins is obviously a competent worker. Yeah. He's kind of a yeah. jerk, but uh, I'll go Dominic. Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, I think we have to agree on this. Okay. Uh, then we have Apollo Cruz versus MVP for the United States Championship. And Bobby Lashley and Sheldon Benjamin are banned from ringside. I don't know what that means. Well, you you go first on this one. Uh, uh, I really don't care. Is that an answer? Uh, Apollo Cruz, I guess. I think I agree with you. Actually, yeah. I don't think they're gonna have MVP win. No, I mean, why would they? Yeah, that doesn't make I don't any see sense. It. Nah. 
but the main event, this is actually, I'm not excited for it, but I think I know who's the winner is. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton for the WWE Championship look. Uh, Matt, uh, am I, no, I think you're going first, right? Or am I going first? I said, no, I said the Polo Cruz. Okay, then I'll yeah. say McIntyre. Yeah, and I'm going Orton. I'm definitely going Orton, so I'm very happy that you said McIntyre. Oh, jeez. Randy Orton as the WWE champion in 2020 is the reason I'm not watching <sighs> WWE right now. <laughs> uh, and it is also the reason why I think he will win sadly. Great. Um, sure. Would you see wrestling in a movie theater for 15 cents, Fro? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> because you don't want to go to a movie theater and die? <laughs> that is, that is uh, uh, in uh, 110% correct. But it's only 15 cents for your own death. I mean, no. that's pretty. No. That's like pretty cheap suicide. No. Uh, AMC yeah. Theater, the nation's largest movie theater chain, will reopen on August 20th with retro ticket prices of 15 cents per movie. AMC, which owns the chain, said Thursday, AMC, which owns the chain, yeah, it's AMC Theaters. What the fuck? What is this article? Said Thursday that it expects to open the doors to more than 100 cinemas or about si a sixth of its nationwide locations. So they're only opening up in places that are like... Not really. They're not going to open up in Florida, right? Mm -hmm. They're not going to open up in Texas, is my guess. But they're going to open up in certain places. <laughs> and for the first day, they're saying it's going to be fifteen cents per movie. Is this just mm -hmm. asking to spread COVID nineteen or what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just I find the whole thing completely fucking confusing, and I I, I hate it. I hate it with a passion. Right, they were supposed to open Christopher Nolan's Tenant, uh, which is to follow What's up me? now Never on September 3rd. Uh, AMC yeah. confirmed, though, that Disney's much-delayed New Mutants will de de debut wow. on August 28th. Wow. It says Disney's much-delayed. Yeah. Yeah, remember what when that movie was uh, a real movie six fucking years ago? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like how they say much delayed, though, because like that's a really yeah. nice way of putting nobody wanted to see this fucking movie, so they didn't put it out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, R. Kelly has believed he could fly, but he definitely can't phone. <laughs> see what I did? R. Kelly's manager has been arrested in California on charges that he threatened a sh shooting at a Manhattan movie theater two years ago, forcing an evacuation and cancellation of a screening of a documentary addressing the allegations that the, that the singer, R. Kelly, had sexually abused women and girls. Donald Russell, 45, of Chicago, was charged with conspiracy and threatening physical harm by interstate communication. Uh, he appeared Friday in Los Angeles court. Yeah, I don't like R. Kelly, so I don't give two simple fucks about this. I, he, I just think it's funny that he did this specifically to um, get a get the screening of the documentary canceled. Uh, they call he called basically it's like calling in a bomb threat. You know what I mean? But this was yeah. this happened before, obviously, uh, R. Kelly got arrested. 
Well, I guess he can't fly. He can't do anything. Look, I've seen one single movie, and I've seen it with you. Have you seen another movie this week? Well, we both saw the documentary uh, about Buckminster Fuller. So we have seen well, two movies this week, but yeah, yes. I've only seen the one other movie. What other movie have you seen, Luke? Project Power on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. we we decided to see this. Uh, I have to say that uh, before I watched this, I I read the reviews about it, and the the reviews were around like six, a lot of sixes. Yeah, six, I'm seeing 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6 out of 10 on IMDb right now. So, But uh, explain what was the movie about. I'm seeing a 3 out of 5 on Common Sense Media, by the way. Uh, okay. Former soldiers team up with a cop to find a source behind Dangerous Pill uh, that provides temporary superpowers to people who take it. Yeah. Starring Jamie Foxx very... and Jordan... Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitz. I always want to call him Gordon Joseph Levitz. Why is that? I don't know. I always want to say that though. But uh, yeah, this was a surprisingly good movie. Look. Speaking of surprising, Casey Neistat was in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny because I made a yeah. joke like half a quarter of the way through the movie. In the background, there's like. It's the cop wall where they have all the pictures of all the perpetrators that they're trying to... You know, it's got the red line tape, like, connecting people. And I see this picture and I go, oh, look, they're, they're chasing Casey Neistat. And I said it as a joke. And then later in the movie, Casey Neistat shows up. Yeah. Uh, but it's surprisingly funny cameos. Uh, there is a lot of people that you will recognize. Machine Gun Kelly was in it for a minute yeah. before he died. So if you want to see Machine he Gun died. Kelly die, then you can watch this yeah. movie. But, uh, no, this was much, much, much better uh, than uh, I heard heard about it, I guess. I, I am surprised that it was this good, to be completely honest with you. I did not think this was going to be as fun and interesting. And it's very clearly three different movies at once, and I liked it. And that's kind of one of the things I, I liked most about it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, it it was three different movies at once, but at the same... But then, at the end of the movie, all the movies come together and uh, culminate in one ending. And that was the good part mm -hmm. of the whole thing. Um, I, I kind of want to go and see the bad reviews and see what, what people didn't like about this. Cause I'm kind of confused by that, but I'll do that on my own. Yeah. But, uh, no, I give it an eight. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, let's see the audio trailer for Sputnik. Okay. Ooh. They're on the space station, international space station, obviously. Oh, AFC, I love the AFC. Ooh, Russian. Yeah, International Space Station, they're Russians. Yeah, yeah, but there's Russian dialogue. Oh, yeah. I would like your expert opinion. It's very, like, I like the aesthetics they are going for. Very, like, Claustrophobic. Oh, is it alien? 
Oh, did they, like, infect him with an alien being or something? I like this. Ooh. Oh. I very much like this. They're, like, breeding an alien inside of him or something? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a separate parasite and host, is what he deserves. What do they want from me? We risk risking life. This looks super interesting. Wipes the floor with many of its Hollywood counterparts, is what it says. Yeah. I really want to see this. Whoa! Oh, spooky. Wow. Whoa. That is so cool. Yep. <laughs> I really want to see this. Yeah, that looks really good. I have seen... That was a perfect trailer. Yeah. Uh, let's see what this movie is about. Yeah, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about, look? Sputnik summoned to schedule a, to a scheduled research facility, a controversial young doctor examines a cosmonaut who returned to Earth with an alien parasite inside of him. Oh, so they didn't infect Ooh. him. He just, he came back with it. Okay, that makes sense. Nice. Uh, 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 89% on Rotten Tomatoes, 77% uh, of Google users like this film. Yeah. So where did you find your review, Look, I went to IMDb. They did not have a Facebook for this. Um, oh. 10 out of 10, amazing movie from uh, Dilk14. It, it's a bit slow in some parts, but an amazing movie. The story is different and hard to know what's what is going to happen. I like the music and, and the atmospheric sound. Also, the footage is very nice. I just loved it. Alien emoji. <laughs> 2 out of 10 from UB8508913 uh, what a lame premise in the trailer I was promised it would wipe it, it wipes the floor with Hollywood counterparts like I said excellent gory nail biter mm -hmm. one of the most suspenseful uh, sci-fi movies of in years what movie have they been watching because there's absolutely no way they've been watching they, they've been or reviewing Sputnik <laughs> Uh, I went uh, to Google uh, reviews. Uh, Aaron Bor said it's literally uh, gave it one star and said it's literally uh, all just boring dialogue. I can't believe I wasted an hour and a half watching that. I wanted to get scared, but I got bored. No action at all. Then we have Akron Bergman giving a full score, saying good script. Good screenplay, good music, good act acting, and slick act on top. What else do you want? Okay. Uh, something else that came out last weekend. Uh, fan Fat Fatima? Fat Fatima. 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 Uh, trial of Faith un unfolds at the apex of World War One when secrets are revealed that three courageous Portuguese children... Uh, through a series of apparitions, while their doubting family and aggressive government officials try to silence them. 
Um, 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. 90% of Google users liked it. It's got Harvey Keitel in it from. Cool. Uh, also coming out is Spree. Um, a thirsty for a following, a rideshare driver has figured out a deadly plan to go ri- uh, viral. This has a 5.7 of IMDb, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes, 3.3 out of 5 on Letterboxd, and 91% of Google users like this movie. It has nobody you will recognize in the roles. Uh, the Bay of si- the Bay of Silence. Uh, will believes his wife Rosalind is in- innocent of their son's suspected murder, only to discover the devastating truth behind her past. Her past links her to another so- unsolved crime. Sixty-five um, percent of Google users liked it. Four point four out of ten on IMDb. Forty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So not great. Um, directed by Paula Van. Von der Ost. And I don't really see anybody that you would know. In it. Oh, Brian Cox. Brian Cox is in it. Oh, Brian Cox is good. In the life, uh, in the life of music, uh, love, war, and music transforms uh, the lives of a com- uh, Cambodian family over the course of three decades. Uh, this has a seven on IMDb. That's everything we have. Uh, it has Ellen Wong in it. I don't know who that is. Directed by Charlie So and Sok Vaisal. Okay. So which of these movies would you say? Um, Spree kind of looks interesting, but I think I'll probably go Sputnik. Yeah, same here. Hey, do you like books? Books... Books, audibletrial.com slash another digital system. Coming next week, we will talk news of the week, where we definitely will talk about news that is coming this week when we end this podcast. I almost feel like I mean, we should take a page out of uh, out of BoxMac and just do one news next week. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be funny, though. It would. Uh, we will do Tough as Nails, episode uh, 8. Uh, we will do another digital review of Bill and Ted Face the Music. I believe, I believe so. You want me to uh, double check and make sure? Yeah, okay. uh, that sounds like a movie that has been pushed back. Is it coming on VOD? I think so. The band? Okay, cool. Uh, but we have a fun main topic uh, because we have had very serious discussions. Uh, we are going to rate our top best and worst celebrities. And when we say celebrities, we don't mean like a uh, historical person. So no Adolf Hitler or St- Stalin or anything like that. So they have yeah. to be... Yeah, they have to be no... like a actor, singer, right. uh, comedian. Yeah, something like movie yeah. star. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So uh, a celebrity, and that is... Uh, our main topic. Uh, August yeah. 28th is what it's saying yeah. when it comes out, yeah. Okay, cool. I guess we have a movie that we're going to watch that weekend now. <laughs> it says I really want to it, see that video. release date August 28th, internet. I'm not really sure what that where that is, but sure. 
<laughs> where the internet is? I can tell you. It's right in it's, front of your eyes. It's right here. We're on it right now. <laughs> this is the internet. Uh, did you <laughs> did Jeremy around? Anything special? Uh, let's see. Anything interesting happened this week? Uh, oh, I was thinking, speaking of Jeremy, uh, and the mm -hmm. whole vaccine thing, what I think we need, you know how we ha have the Olympics for sports and mm -hmm. everybody gets together and they, the whole idea of the Olympics is you don't have, you just drop all your war wars and everything and you go and you compete for the Olympics. Why don't we have a vaccine mm -hmm. Olympics where everybody doesn't compete, Ooh. right? Doesn't that sound good? That sounds like a very good idea. It's almost like that is what is happening. Is it? Yeah, well, because there's like eight different countries competing to have the vaccine, so yeah. Right, I, I just feel like it would be good to get them all together in one big place so they're all like working kind of together but against each other, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Instead of having everybody just working against each other. Uh, adrenochrome is going to be a probably a conspiracy we cover in the future because it's become a big thing here, Fro. Have yeah, you heard about this? I heard about this. Yeah, Hollywood yeah. Uh, celebrities harvesting adrenochrome from children. This is like a new mm -hmm. QAnon conspiracy that we'll definitely cover in the future. Uh, PewDiePie played Fall Guys with the Dr. Disrespect. Oh, fun. yeah, yeah. That was good. Yeah. Except for the uh, trying else? them trying to connect at the beginning of it, which took like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sent Luke a link to it, and, and that didn't work. Uh, let's talk about the Mr. Beast uh, video that we both agree is totally fucking bullshit. I mean, we don't have any proof or anything, but it, no, the fact that there was an island being given away in his video, and it just ha the mm. last two people just happened to be two of the people in his crew, where other people who were in the competition were not in his crew, just seemed a little too convenient to me. I don't know. No, I I definitely definitely agree. Uh, call me uh, call me Carson. Did the best commercials ever made video look. If okay. you haven't seen that, uh, you should look look it up. Uh, call me Carson. Is funny sometimes, and this is one of his best videos. If you ask me. Apparently, an entrepreneur in where was this Chile. Uh, is getting sued for selling Mel Gibson honey. Mel Gibson branded honey, and Mel Gibson is now suing this guy because he didn't give him the rights to put Mel Gibson on the honey bottle. <laughs> Who is buying honey because it's got Mel Gibson on it, bro? <laughs> I, I don't know. I have a question for you. Do you like David Blaine? Uh, No. I think he's one of the biggest douchebags out there. I was going to say pompous yeah. douchebag, yeah. Yes. Uh, well, you want to hate him even more, Luke? Uh, sure. Then you should watch the Joe Rogan experience this week. I saw yeah, that he was on there, but I, I was like, why would I watch that? I don't understand why I would want to watch that. Uh, waste of two and a half hours. And that is what it was. There was a good uh, podcast that you could check out. The uh, Hassan Piker on H3H3. Hassan Piker is like yes. a what Twitch streamer who's 
not yes. a gamer. He's like a political Twitch mm-hmm. commentator, kind of. And uh, yeah, I don't. There's many things I don't agree with. Oh right, I don't. I think he's also kind of a douchebag. But yes, hearing him on H three was interesting because those they're not really political, and they're asking right. him questions from from a perspective that of like a novice from politics, and he's explaining things from his perspective, and that's interesting to me. So Microsoft Flight Simulator is out, and it has gotten amazing reviews. People are calling it uh, the gay, uh, uh, game of the decade for computers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, people are like super excited for this. People really reason. like that game. I, I, I had a friend's dad never, when, in yeah. like the early or the late 90s, a friend's dad who was like obsessed with that. I don't know. I think people... Yeah. Uh, there are people that remember that guy who like learned how to fly a plane on 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 that game and then went and stole a jet and he was like a baggage handler or yeah. something. Remember that? Yeah. 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 Okay, that's everything I have on my list. Of Did we talk about the rapid testing at in the Hamptons? No, we didn't. Let's talk. Very Two seconds about, about that, and then we'll wrap it up. Uh, yeah. Let's see, there was a Vanity Fair article and a New York Times article about it. Uh, all these rich people uh, can't stop themselves. Uh, the luxury quarantine lives of Silicon Valley elites. And then the New York Times article was called Rapid Testing is the New Velvet Rope. Uh, determined to proceed with parties and events this summer, hosts are adding screenings at doors. Uh, and the, this is in the Hamptons, so on the West Coast and the East Coast. Uh, they, apparently, these rich people have thir- 15 and 30 minute tests that they have at the door of like their giant mansion parties. Uh, this could actually explain why we, you know, um, Logan or Jake Paul. Have you ever, mm-hmm. have you heard the uh, vid- uh, the audio of him being like, uh, "Yeah, I don't really care about COVID and, and the parties. It doesn't really affect me." Do you remember hearing that? Yeah, I do. Maybe all the people at those Jake Paul parties were taking 15-minute COVID tests, which apparently exist, and I, I didn't even know about until this week. Because everybody else in the world is getting, like, COVID tests that take a week to come back. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, 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 I guess uh, being rich has its benefits, even with this COVID shit going on. Right, but they're still out traveling around and going different, uh, pe- different people's houses. It's just they're all getting tested more than poor people. Right, it's definitely a separation yeah. of the classes uh, here in America. I could not agree more. Uh, look, I think it's time to say goodbye to the audience. Uh, thank you for listening to the, this podcast. Remember, sharing is caring. Uh, if you listen this long, you should definitely, definitely give it a try and share it with other uh i love you all uh thank you for listening uh, i love you luke me too bye goodbye everybody goodbye citizen